Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thrilled that you are tuning in this week for another episode. This is a place where I talk about my health and nutrition and wellness and really just everything that I am going through on my own health journey. And today's episode is very much along the lines of that. We dive into so many different topics, but a lot of things I actually haven't thought about for a while. We talk about candida and leaky gut and parasites. And when I first started my health journey, when I was about 16, those were actually the health issues that I had. So I've talked about my origin story with my health issues before, but essentially I was having a bunch of health symptoms and, you know, I didn't really know what was going on. And I eventually found my way to a naturopath and she did some tests on me. I did like a hair mineral analysis test, which is like a functional lab, which is what it's called now. I also did a live blood cell analysis test and that was very eye-opening, but it ended up being that we found these things that was going on. So I had candida overgrowth, I had leaky gut, I had parasites, and we had to do a full cleanse and really just work on it and take the time to kill off the candida overgrowth and repair my leaky gut and get rid of the parasites that I was dealing with at that time. And through healing those issues naturally, I fell in love with natural health. And basically this idea of holistic health, natural health, healing in a way that is in line with nature, but also from a root cause standpoint. And so that kind of led me into so many different directions in my career and in my own personal health. And so it was really interesting doing this podcast episode to kind of go back to some of those topics that I haven't talked about in so long or even thought about in so long, especially candida. Like candida is something that we all have and the overgrowth from candida is so common. So it was it was really interesting when we were talking about it in relation to hormones and fertility and miscarriages and birth risk and postpartum and all of these types of like motherhood concerns that a lot of people have versus back in the day when I was looking at candida, those types of things weren't even on my mind. So I am going to kind of dive deep into candida. So I am definitely going to look at his book and do further research into this because I'm so curious about the link between candida overgrowth and hormonal imbalances. So that's something I'm going to explore and I definitely don't know a lot about right now, but I will look into it soon for sure. Thank you to, I think I said this last week, but thank you to everybody who reached out after I gave my biohacking conference podcast review. I got a lot of feedback from that review and it has been so interesting (laughs) to kind of make sense of it and navigate it. So I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, the people who are reaching out 
and like in low key inquiring about names and stuff like that. I'm not going to give names and I'm not going to say names because that's not the point. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus directly like that. And I had someone reach out. Well, I've had a few people be like, who was it who did X, Y, and Z? Because I don't want to follow them anymore. And I don't want to support their work. And it's like, it's not the point. Like the point is just to be able to have open, honest conversations and reviews about things. And there's no hard feelings or anything like that. And so you get to decide who you support and you follow. And I don't want to necessarily impact that directly. And what's also been interesting is the amount of people who've reached out, who have agreed with what I've said, and who've actually told me more. (laughs) My husband's so interesting. So like I kind of said on that episode, there were some things that happened that were distasteful, I guess, in my mind. And I've had so many people reach out and be like, I saw that same thing. I felt that same way. And you don't know this, but X, Y, and Z happened last year, or this happened a few years ago, or this is something that I've been thinking about, or like, I know this about this. And so it's really interesting to kind of see it clearly now for everything, for what it is. So regardless, I my my stance is still, I had an amazing time. It was awesome to see so many brands and influencers, content creators, and people in person. And I'm really thankful that I went. I am really excited to be rebranding this fall. I am so interested in women's health, right? And that's always kind of been my interest. Obviously kind of started with gut health and kind of like I talked about like candida and parasites and other things, but through my own health issues, it has transformed into hormones and mild PCOS and irregular cycles and cycle syncing. And how do we basically optimize women's health from a holistic standpoint? And so that's kind of where I'm moving towards now as my brand changes and evolves. And I think that's really normal and natural for brands to do that. And yeah, I'm really actually excited about it. And I posted this on my stories a few days ago, but my Instagram stories, but I am looking for a online course or program that specializes in integrative or functional or holistic health for women. So something that looks at hormones and ideally, to be honest, like ideally looks at like puberty to menopause type of thing that covers those changes that happen then that covers preconception, conception, fertility, postpartum, breastfeeding babies, but also covers perimenopause and menopause. And I'm looking for some sort of like designation certification that does that. So if you know of something that really, really goes deep into women's health, please send it to me. I have scoured the internet. Okay. I am looking for something comprehensive. I don't want something that's only nutrition. And I don't want something that's really focused on being like a health coach. There is a women's health coach program out there. But the thing when I looked at it is like two thirds of the program is focused on like 
running a business and teaching you health coaching skills, like coaching skills. And I don't want that. (laughs) I am developing an online community right now through Mighty Networks, and it's going to also be an online course. And my skill set is very much focused on like software and like using software for creating online programs and courses and stuff like that. I don't want to do one-on-one. So I don't want to invest in something that teaches you coaching skills. Also, when I was studying to be a holistic nutritionist, I did a bunch of that. So I've already kind of done that. So I'm looking for that next level certification. And I, it sucks because I haven't really seen anything And, you know, I'm open to different schools. Like I'm open to a private institution or college or university. Like I am very, very open to studying in different ways. I'm just not seeing something out there that really gives me what I'm looking for that says like, okay, let's solely focus on women's health and here's how to support people and here's what to do with endometriosis or here's what to do with like fibroids or, you know, someone who has a hysterectomy, like this is the recommendations from a holistic standpoint. And here's the nutrition and the supplements and the lifestyle and the biohacks, right? That's kind of what I want to do and create this like space for women. So I'm not seeing that out there. If you see something or you know something, please, please, please message me. I don't care what country it's in. I don't care the cost. Like it doesn't matter just send it to me. My DMs are always open. So without further ado, a shout out to AG1. I love this powder. If you have been following me closely, you know that I am drinking a gallon of water a day right now. And let me be the first to tell you that this is so much easier when you have AG1. So I have a new Stanley cup. It got given to me from other ship, which is like a hot, cold place, sauna place in Toronto, Canada. Anyway, so they gave me the Stanley Cup and it's 1.1 liters. So I have about three and a half of these a day. And one of them is AG1. And when I have AG1, it makes it so easy to drink because it's so tasty. It has minerals in it, vitamins, probiotics, prebiotics. It's so, so good for you. It's like a one and done, an absolute, an absolute. If you have not tried AG1 at this point, you need to. Seriously, you need to. It's so worth it. Just try it. Try it. Try it for a month. Like, what's the harm, right? Like, you're just nourishing your body. You're kind of filling in all the blanks and the holes that might be there from your diet. So, I really, really suggest it. Linked in my show notes and on my website, biohackingbrittany.com. I have a shop with all my affiliates. Go for it. And if you haven't grabbed a copy of my menstrual cycle guide, you need to (laughs) right away. I created a guide called Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide, and this is all about cycle syncing. It teaches you how to live in harmony with your cycle, what food you should have during what phase, what supplements you should have during what phase, lifestyle, biohacks, everything during the different phases of your menstrual cycle. And this is a must. If you are, it doesn't matter where you are in your cycle phase, like maybe you're young and you're 20, you know, or maybe you've had kids and you're like 45, whatever, it doesn't matter. It 
is so helpful to understand your menstrual cycle and understand what happens, understand the hormones and really what we need to do. I also talk about seed cycling in it as well. And if you've kind of been following me as well, I post a lot about seed cycling and the different seeds during the menstrual, different menstrual phases. So the recipes are in there and you can grab that. I think it's $27. If you sign up on my website, there is a... I think it's 20% off even. Yeah, it is. So sign up for my free hormone balancing chocolate recipe. Then you get a 20% off discount code through there. And then you get 20% off $27, which is like, I don't know, $24. (laughs) I don't know. So go try it out. I have had such positive reviews from this guide and it's a must. It is a must. So please download it and write a review as well. It would mean so much to me. Enjoy this episode. It's so helpful. It's so educational and insightful about candida, hormones, leaky gut, parasites, all of it. Enjoy. And I'll catch you later for another episode. Okay. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you are joining me this week for another episode all about health and wellness. And today we are going to dive into candida, supplementation, testing, and all sorts of things like that. Joining me on the show, I have Dr. Michael B. Ahamonte, and he is the founder of B. Amante Center for Clinical Nutrition. He is also a co-creator of BioCybernetics, which is an unprecedented computer software program that is able to study blood work, mineral tests, and many other lab tests to determine exactly where your body is imbalanced, which was initially designed for aerospace purposes. That is so cool. Dr. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to discuss the way nutrition and these naturopathic treatments should be done because there are so many people out there who have a lot of false data. So it's good that we try to give people the right direction to go. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive into all of that, can you tell us about your speciality and how you became involved in this field? Let's see. I was in naturopathic school and in naturopathic school, my my specialty was the interpretation of different testing, particularly blood work. What I specialized in was taking a standard blood work like an SMA24 or a SMAC26 and being able to read into it from a nutritional standpoint. I studied the work of Dr. Kenneth Brockman, Jim Seema, many of these chiropractors who at the time were kind of like born, barnstorming and using kinesiology to match what they saw in blood work to be able to read way beyond what the average doctor would see when they looked at a test. Like, for instance, a doctor looks at an alkaline phosphatase level in the blood, and he thinks of whether or not the person has a broken bone or how the liver's functioning. We look at alkaline phosphatase, and we can see your zinc status. We can see how your adrenal glands are functioning from that. And then he's thinking about that from the viewpoint of your kidneys. We look at the BUN and we, ha- we know how it interacts with your anterior pituitary gland, which is something they would never think about. So these were some of the concepts we were using in, in doing this. And when I, when I got out of school, I took a lot of this data and I helped the people who were de- developing the biocybernetic system to give the computer this data so the computer could think further and expand its knowledge of interpreting blood work. And what ended up happening was the project actually was pending 
a lot of money. We were flying nutritionists in from all over the world, and we had everybody contributing to this project. And eventually, though, it became a workable model of the human body. The computer used a Fortran language, which is called table-driven. And we essentially had all of Harper's biochemistry and all of Guyton's physiology loaded into the computer. And you would, we could give the computer a blood test on somebody, and it would run a, an actual simulation of their body. And as it's, running, as it's running the simulations of the body, if any of those blood test parameters were out and they were not in the right range, and by the way, we use a range that's within the medical range. How we get our range is we take the low end and the high end of the medical range, add them together and divide by two, and then we go plus or minus five on either side. So when the computer finds an outpoint, the computer traces the physiology back from a, a nutritional standpoint, and it looks to see what nutrients are either in excess on that pathway or, or deficient, or if there's a toxicity on the pathway that's interfering with it. So we had this working model. NASA said, this is costing too much. We don't want to do this anymore. So we asked Grumman, because we were working for Grumman to do this. We said to Grumman, what do we do with this data we have now? So Grumman said, you guys can keep it. So we took the computer, we took all the data, and we, the seven or eight of us that were involved in the project, we started our own private practices using this computer. So patients would come to us, we'd get their blood work done, we'd get hair mineral tests on them and various tests. We put it in the computer, and the computer would give you this whole program for the person. And the, the programs worked great in about 75% of the people. And in about 30% of the people or so, People had strange reactions. They didn't get the results we expected. They actually took the vitamins and had... So I volunteered to find out what was different about these people and why it wasn't working on them. Some of the people we found weren't doing it correctly, you know, as you always get. Some of them we found out were just having detox reactions. They were mercury toxic or they had some kind of either toxic metal or a, or a toxic... Nowadays, we have better tests to identify... So they were detoxing, so we found that, but then there was still this group of people, and it didn't make sense why they had these strange reactions and didn't tolerate the program. So I volunteered to take all their folders and study their folders and find a common denominator, and what I found out was they had candida. So then I started to learn about it in a toxic way with candida, but I didn't really know much about candida, so I told these people, look, you have candida, go to your medical doctor, tell him you have candida, let him treat you. And when you're finished with the treatment, come back and we'll put you on the program. This is how naive I was. So these people would call me on the phone. They said, well, the doctor said there's no such thing as candida. Or said, the doctor says everybody has candida, so it doesn't make any difference. Get all these ridiculous things. So I said, well, do this for me. I said, go to see Dr. Robert Atkins, because I was in Manhattan practicing. I said, go to Dr. Atkins or go to Dr. Ronald Hoffman, because these are functional medical doctors. They know about candida and they'll treat you. So People went, and then a couple of weeks later, they called me back, and they said, well, that's much better. These people understood what I was talking about, and they gave me a diet, and they gave me all these things, and I got better for a while, but then I started to get worse again, and I don't understand why. So I then decided I had to figure out how you hand what Candida was all about and how you handle it, and after about 10 years of research, I pretty much had my protocols in line, and in 2016, I wrote my book, The Candida Chronicles, which is actually goes over my journey of how I discovered candida and on all the tricks that I learned that candida pulls on people and why it's so difficult to treat. There's In the book, there's a section that we call logics and axioms. And in that section, it just goes through the simple many of the simple rules I discovered 
of how you can mess up treating candida. Now, first off, understand that everything I learned, I learned by listening to my patients, by listening to what the patients told me didn't work, what the doctors were trying to do with them that didn't work, and I took that data and I went back to the technology and, and probiotics, and I found the answers there in the book. So they would say, tell me, well, the doctor gave me this medicine, and after about a month, it stopped working. So I went back in the textbooks, and I found that candida is highly drug-resistive. And after about 21 days, the, the mother cells of candida will mutate, and they start to impart DNA data to the daughter cells, telling the daughter cells how not to be killed by the drug that they're being exposed to. So that was the first major breakthrough I made. And in learning that, I understood that you had to rotate antifungals. So people on our candida programs, we give them maybe four or five different antifungals, and they rotate them every four or five days to avoid that drug resistance setting in. Because if you keep taking, as an example, niastatin is one of the most common antifungal drugs. Niastatin works by blocking the uptake of iron into the candida cell. But if you niastatin, after about 30 days or so, the candida becomes drug-resistive to it, and it gradually stops working. So I determined that you had to rotate the antifungals. That was a huge breakthrough for us in those early days. The next thing is people would tell me they're taking all these expensive probiotics, and when they took stool tests, it never showed up. So I got, I enlisted the help of Steve Barry and some of the people at the then Great Smokies Lab. Now, Great Smokies Lab is now called Genova. They changed. The two head guys there were Marty Barron and, and, and Steve, and I got them to be so kind to allow my patients to do free stool tests for research purposes. And sure enough, what we found was several things that were very interesting. The first thing that we found is that candida is very hard to replicate in the stool because it doesn't grow in your intestines in a uniform manner like bacteria does. So very often, a patient who does a stool test shows no candida even though he has raging candida. And the marker that you have to find is if there's a deficiency of friendly E. coli, bifidus, or lactobacillus. If the person has a deficiency of lactobacillus but no candida showing up, he will have candida overgrowth in his small intestine and it's just not showing. If he has no bifidus, he's going to have candida overgrowth in the colon. That, so that this was, and also if he has no, none of the friendly E. coli, he can have the candida overgrowth anywhere. We determined at that point, once we understood that interpretation, that there had to be a reason why the bifidus and the acidophilus wouldn't show in the stool test, even though these people were taking really heavy amounts. And we then found that it was not until you kill the candida and deepen the intestines using fatty acid-based antifungals will it start to show again in the stool. If you take lomatium or biocidin or any of these medicines that kill candida systemically, it doesn't allow the friendly bacteria to, to replicate in the intestines because you've got to kill the candida that's deep in the intestinal tract for that to happen. So when we started giving people fatty acid-based antifungals, then we started to see acidophilus and bifidus showing up again in the stool tests. And I went through this manner, learning all of these different things and compiling it all, and that all of these different discoveries I made shaped my protocol. Another major one was vitamins and minerals. Now, most people who go to a functional doctor and they're treated for candida, they're given a probiotic, they're given some sort of antifungal, and then they're given a whole arm, arm's length uh, list of nutrients to take. 
We found out that there's two groups of nutrients when it comes to candida, and you want to be aware of this. One group of nutrients actually spreads candida and feeds candida. That group would be vitamin D, B minerals, calcium and copper, coenzyme Q10, and iron. Those nutrients actually will feed candida and make it, make it spread. There's another group of nutrients which act as antidotes against the antifungals that you give people. And that group basically would just be, you can just summarize it and say it's all the antioxidants. Now, why could that be? How could that be? Well, most medicines, whether they're prescribed or whether they're botanical, do it by creating oxidative stress against the candida membrane. So when you take an antioxidant supplement or nutrient, that nutrient is blocking the oxidative stress that's forming against the candida membrane, just like it's blocking the oxidative stress that occurs in your cells or against your cell membranes. So it acts as an antidote to the medicine. So this is a brief summary of the discoveries that we made and why are different than most people's. Most doctors who treat candida, I use the term for their approach. It's a term from Yiddish. And the Yiddish term is unga means everything thrown together. And I found that that doesn't work. And I did that. I did it all the wrong way in the beginning. So I know for a fact what doesn't work. And sometimes knowing what doesn't work is more important than knowing what works because you can immediately differentiate what's going to work and what's not. Yeah, this is super interesting to hear because I actually had a very similar experience to basically what you just described about like 10 years ago or so I went to go see my naturopathic doctor and I think it was a hair mineral analysis or I also had a live blood analysis done as well. I don't know if you know what that is, but. Oh yeah, I've done them for years. I actually have a degree in interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. So they picked up candida for me and they, I did exactly what you said. Like I was put on a probiotic and a antifungal supplement. And yeah, I haven't been tested in so long since then, but I think it did somewhat help. But for people listening to this, like just to take a step back, how do you explain candida to the average person? And what are the most common symptoms that someone might present with? Yeah, it's very simple. The first thing a person has to understand is candida is normal to have in your intestinal tract. In fact, candida is found in the intestinal tract of all mammals, especially birds. It, it has in a higher volume in birds than it is in other, other mammals. But candida is there as a substance which, in a way, helps your immune system because keeps your immune system stimulated. So there, there is a purpose for candida being there. It, fe- it acts as food for friendly bacteria. And believe it or not, after you die, it closes your body. This is why embalming fluid is nothing more than glorified antifungal. That's how it preserves the body. Problem is, is when you take an antibiotic, some different types of hormone medications, antacid pills, or anything that's going to disturb your intestinal flora, the candida then grows out of control. And once candida becomes dominant in your intestines, it starts up by giving you fatigue. You feel spaced out. You feel drunk. You have memory problems. Then you start getting bloating, gas, constipation, diarrhea. You get all these digestive problems. Then you start having food reactions. You have a beer and you're drunk for three or four days. You can't have alcohol because it gives you a vicious headache. You eat sugar. You eat carbs. It makes you feel absolutely sick. Then it can go on to where the point where you actually develop leaky gut syndrome which lots of people think they have and they don't really they don't because when you actually test a person for leaky gut you find that about 25 25 to 30% of the people with candida have leaky gut because the symptoms of leaky gut and candida overlap everybody thinks they have it 
but it's not really true. Leaky gut is pretty serious. When you have leaky gut, it means the candida has literally grown roots that are breaking through the little villi, the spaces between your villi and your intestines. It's permeating that, and it's causing things to literally leak. That's why it's called leaky gut. It's making your gut leaky, and things that normally would not be allowed to enter your bloodstream are leaking into your bloodstream. And this is what sets off the cytokine storm or the histamine reactions that the person has. Yeah, so I actually, well... I mean, now I kind of question it after listening to that, but I, when I was seeing my naturopath at the time, like I was a teenager at this point and they said that I had leaky gut and the way that they diagnosed it. And I'm curious if you agree with this or not, is that I had a live blood cell analysis done and they saw like proteins that had slipped through the gut lining in my blood. Yeah. That, that's valid. There are a few valid tests for leaky gut. Valid, first test, not valid, which is symptoms. First test, which is valid, is a breath test. It's done by a lab that I work with. This is a breath test that looks for gases that are released in your intestines when you have leaky gut. That test is valid. That's the main test I use. There's the zonulin test, which you can get as a blood draw, or you can find it in a stool test, the more advanced stool test. Zonulin is very accurate and legitimate. There's the old leaky gut test, the first one, where leaky gut was originally discovered in the universities, they used a test that was called the lactulose mannitol recovery test. They'd have you drink this small amount of lactulose and mannitol, and then they'd see how much you pee out, because you can only absorb a certain amount. And if you peed out a greater amount than was expected, they know the only way you could have absorbed that was due to leaky gut. So those are valid tests, although the lactulose mannitol test doesn't catch people who have something I call transient leaky gut, which is where the leaky gut is kind of in or out, depending on how allergic the person is. When you're very allergic, you get a lot of inflammation in your intestinal tract, and that can open up those spaces and cause leaky gut. But then when the allergy dies down, those spaces could heal again. So it's like having leaky gut sometimes, depending on what you're eating. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. For people who may have had leaky gut or know a lot about this, like what are your typical recommendations for somebody with it? First thing with leaky gut is you got to re- you're not going to you're never going to heal leaky gut unless you reduce the dysbiosis. You've got to reduce to a pretty good level before you can even seriously work on the leaky gut because it just won't work. The second with leaky gut probiotics. That's a disaster waiting to happen. People with leaky gut are notoriously intolerant of probiotics and have a lot of bad reactions. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting because I feel like a lot of the time when people have dysbiosis, it's this understanding that there's an imbalance of bacteria and that you should take probiotics to have more healthy bacteria. Yes. And that's true, but you got to get rid of the dysbiosis first. On our program, the person goes through phase zero, which is like a colon parasite cleanse for candida. That's the first step. Then they go through phase one where we rotate the systemic antifungals to kill most of the candida throughout the body. Then they go to phase two, part A, which is where we use the fatty acid-based antifungals to kill the deep-rooted candida. Then they go to the probiotic program, phase two, part B. You have to do those phases before the probiotics would work. People often ask me, well, what if I don't do those? You know, what do I do with my probiotic? I tell them, go to your bathroom, go to your toilet, open up the probiotic bottle, just pour the probiotics right into the toilet. And you'll save yourself a lot of time and effort because that's what's happening. <laughs> You're way, absolutely wasting your time. They're not going to work until you get rid of the candida. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. I, yeah, it makes me want to look at taking a 
antifungal again, but I mean, it depends with the symptoms. Read my book first. Get fully, don't waste your time and money. You want to get fully headed and fully educated on on how this works because there's there's a lot of subtleties to this. When you put people, as an example, our phase zero program was originally designed to remove the surface areas of candida and destroy most of the parasites. Everybody with candida has parasites to some degree. If you don't do that, it makes any other antifungal program or stage that you try to do after that less effective. But the phase, phase zero now has evolved to being a combination of supplements which not only destroy the parasites and candida mechanically, not, not in a drug-like fashion, but mechanically, by binding to them, by cutting into them, by enzymatically digesting them. And also, the second stage of our phase zero contains fibers and different nutrients which help your body handle the die-off that you're going to get. And somebody who does an antifungal program without doing phase zero first or doing phase zero at the same time concurrently with the antifungal program has two to three times more die-off that they're unable to handle. I've had people come to me and say, well, I took biocide and I was so bad I couldn't handle the biocide and it gave me such bad die-off. I put them on my phase zero and then I have them take biocide and they can tolerate it much better and it actually works better. Are you tired of feeling out of sync with your body's natural rhythm? Do you struggle with menstrual cycle-related issues like fatigue, mood swings, and bloating? If you're looking to optimize your health and well-being, look no further than the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide. This comprehensive guide is designed to help you better understand and work with your menstrual cycle so you can improve your energy levels, reduce PMS symptoms, and gain a deeper understanding of your body. With in-depth information on each phase of the menstrual cycle, you'll learn how to adjust your diet, exercise routine, and self-care practices to better align with your body's needs. One of the biggest benefits of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is its user-friendly format. The guide is easy to follow and provides clear instructions on how to optimize your health throughout each phase of your cycle. Plus, it's packed with valuable information and insights that you won't find anywhere else. So whether you're a seasoned biohacker or you're just starting out, the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is the perfect tool to help you optimize your health and live in harmony with your body's natural rhythm. And with my expertise and guidance, you can trust that you're getting the best information and advice available. So why wait? Head over to biohackingbrittany.com to get your copy of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide and start living your best life today. Yeah, no, no, it makes complete sense. Do you find in your professional experience that candida and leaky gut is more common now than maybe it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Good question. No, I can't really say that. We, I can't really say that. It's, I think ultimately the things that make people susceptible are, first off, to quote the Merck manual, the indiscriminate use of broad-spectrum antibiotics. I think people maybe are, are now a little bit more aware of just not taking antibiotics because they've heard of antibiotic-resistive illnesses. So maybe people are hipper to that. But as far as using prednisone, cortisone, estrogen medications, antacids, which are the other things that cause candida, I don't think that we've really learned or the public education is as out there on that. It's those things cause candida just as easily as antibiotics. So uh, I don't know about that. You know, I'd have to say I don't really don't know. Maybe people 
have a friend or they have or that friend has a friend who had candida so maybe from that viewpoint they may know a little bit more about it but i i you couldn't tell by the amount of new patients we get with candida that it's any less prevalent interesting so when you say estrogen medication causes candida yes like, estrogen you... makes it grow it's very simple estrogen mm-hmm. makes a fetus grow estrogen is a growth stimulator and candida is highly estrogenic as an organism. It's very sensitive to estrogen. When a woman takes any kind of estrogen medication, it stimulates the growth of candida. A woman who has very bad PMS or who is estrogen dominant is one of your classic cases of somebody who's going to have chronic candida. Yeah, I was just thinking that because a lot of my listeners are female and we talk a lot about hormones and just, you know preconception, fertility, all those types of things. So that's that's really interesting. And let's add something else to that, Brittany. A major reason women can't conceive is candida. Can, candida is a candida, low thyroid conditions, and copper toxicity are the three biggest unknown reasons to medical doctors why their patients can't conceive. Copper toxicity. Is that related to being iron deficient? Like, what's the relation between those two? Let's say, well, copper helps your body attach iron to the heme of the hemoglobin. And there's a balance needed between copper and iron in order to have correct red blood cells. If you have excess copper, the copper will suppress the iron and not allow proper transport of iron and copper into your tissues and into the hemoglobin. So high copper can suppress iron. No, that makes sense because I have talked about it before on social media. And I was talking to a woman who said, it's not necessarily that people are iron deficient. It's that their copper is actually imbalanced or elevated. Exactly. Or it could be deficient. It can go either way, which is the interesting thing about nutrients for a second. If we look at that, it was one one of the third stage of our program is after we've gotten rid of the candida, we then do functional tests like hair analysis and different types of, or the oats test and many different types of functional tests to determine where the person's deficient or toxic. So a person finishes my candida treatment, the first thing they do on phase three is we test them for toxic metals and toxic chemicals that are in their body because those are things that will interfere with proper nutrient utilization, and those are things that could cause the candida to come back. And you can be toxic in something, and the toxicity will cause a deficiency. So you've got to clear that out. And once you clear that out, now you can say the person has a clean slate, and now you can see what they're doing from a functional end, how they're doing nutritionally, what their balance is functionally. Now, at that point, you start to see where imbalances of nutrients are giving you the apparent deficiency. There's two ways to look at it. If you can have an elevated level of a nutrient or a mineral, and that is biologically unavailable to your body, it's, a, it's, an, it's not an absolute deficiency. An absolute deficiency is where the level is just low. Like a person has very low calcium and they develop osteoporosis. There's a different type of osteoporosis that can occur, which is where the calcium is biologically unavailable and they're building up what we have called for years the calcium shell. It's where the calcium is not being utilized. It's depositing in their circulatory system. They're going to develop arterial sclerosis. They're going to develop circulatory problems due to this calcium that's dumping into their circulatory system, but it also dumps into their muscle tissue. So they're literally developing this like calcium calcification from within. 
they have when you test them, their calcium levels are really high, but it's not biologically available. And very often it's not available because they're deficient in magnesium, which keeps calcium soluble. They could be deficient in vitamin D, which transports the calcium. They could be deficient in a lot of things, but one of the things that's overlooked is thyroid. A lot of these people are low thyroid and low adrenal, so they can't utilize and keep the calcium soluble or available to their other tissues. And this is when you're looking at supplements, this is where people go wrong. There's a story I often tell when I first was in practice. I went out and gave out my business cards to all the dentists and the chiropractors, and this one dentist referred me a medical doctor who had prostate problems. So I met with this man, and the man told me his story. It was very interesting. He said that three or four years ago, he started to get prostate issues. He read in the literature how zinc was good for your prostate, so he started taking 50 milligrams of zinc every day. And his prostate got better in a few weeks, and then after a few months, it was totally cleared up. And in the true fashion of a medical doctor, he continued to take the 50 milligrams of zinc every day and never investigated any other possible connection. So after about three years of taking zinc every day, the prostate problem came back. And to his amazement, he said to himself, how could this be? I've been taking the zinc every day. I don't understand. So he starts taking 100 milligrams of zinc every day, and the prostate goes out of control. So he ends up telling the chiropractor, you know, I don't know what to do about this. The chiropractor said, go see this nutritionist. The man came. He tells me the story. I told him immediately, stop taking the zinc and start taking copper. I had him do a hair analysis. He called me back even before the hair analysis came in. He says, I don't know how, what this is about, what you did, but the prostate's much better and the copper's working. So he, he had caused a copper deficiency by taking so much zinc for so long. That is the main mineral that your body mobilizes against bacterial infections. How you, copper is your body's natural antibiotic. The thymus gland mobilizes copper through your lymph system and uses it to basically electrocute bacteria. That's how copper works in your body as an antibacterial. So this man caused his own problem by taking the zinc excessively and not looking to see what balance he needed to have. Wow. That's so interesting. It's funny. It's not funny, but it's, I can see where that person is coming from because you kind of just want to take a pill or supplement or medication and kind of just be done with it, right? Like you don't want to have to reassess every year, but our health changes so much and the balances of things change so much that it's necessary. Well, it's just, it's not how the body works. You see, that's the body doesn't work the way the medical doctor thinks it does. Their medical doctors are very myopic. They get into specialties where you have the doctor who looks at your eye and then he refers you to the doctor who can look deeper into your eye, who refers you to the doctor who can touch the eye, but he can only touch one part. And he's got to refer you to another doctor who goes into another part. It, so it gets ridiculous after a while. You start to lose the understanding of what, of what the body is. The body is a biological self-regulating mechanism. That's where we got the word biocybernetics from. It's a biological self-regulating mechanism. And in order to self-regulate each other, it has different pathways and feedback loops that are really important that where the body communicates within itself. That's how it works. And if you don't understand that, and you're not looking at that and taking all that into consideration, then you end up being in the situation where, mod where modern medicine is. Modern medicine is great for operations. It's great for crisis. It's great for accidents. But in terms of healing any kind of chronic condition, I'd rather go to a monkey 
because in this country there are certain there are states in this country that say it is illegal to say that you can cure certain illnesses and why they say it's illegal is because the drug companies haven't yet said they have a drug that cures that that illness so that's pretty stupid and that's what you're up against i know it honestly it definitely feels like an uphill battle a lot of the time so someone listening to and this and this is why Brittany, someone like you is so important because you're getting that you're get you're educating people and you're making them aware that we already have technology out there that can help them with a lot of things they don't know about it because the doctor to them some people still you know have the god complex the doctor is god and if the doctor doesn't know about this then it doesn't exist well there's a most of my friends are medical doctors and typically what they will joke around and say is that by the time they graduated medical school they were already 10 years behind wow so for the average person listening to this who is super on board about being proactive about their health and they're open to a naturopath and a nutritionist and all these different people who can help, where do you recommend they start and how do they kind of stay on top of this year after year to make sure that there's no serious imbalances happening? The doctor of the future, to, I'm not going to totally quote the quote, because it needs to be amended. But the doctor of the future is going to pay more attention to diet and care of the body in that sense than he is going to give medicine. This That's a not the exact quote of Thomas Edison who said this. But I will go further and say the true doctor of the future is going to be a doctor who will, you're going to go to him and he's going to do one of the modern nutritionally, medically-oriented genetic tests. 23andMe is starting to come up with one, although they're not really there yet. But there are individual companies out there who are doing very good genetic, nutritionally-oriented medical tests. Now, what that is is they get you, they take a sample of the of your, the cheeks, the swab, they swab your cheeks, they get the cells, they get the mucus, they send it to the lab. The lab will give them a report on all your genetic errors. And it's going to say, well, this guy is key to be prone to cancer because he's prone to having a problem with certain toxicities. He can't tolerate certain toxicities or something like that. You got to get. You have to understand your genes, and then you have to look functionally at how your body is. So the doctor of the future will do both tests. He will do functional tests that will determine your levels of toxicity, how well you detoxify what your levels of nutrients are in your body, how well you utilize those nutrients. It's a waste of time to get a blood test that just tells you the levels of vitamins in your body. It's a complete waste because the body's utilizing the nutrients. You need to get tests, functional tests, that actually go beyond just what the level is but tell you how you're utilizing it. And the OATS test by Great Plains, well, now, now they're called Mosaic Labs, but the OATS test is done by Mosaic and it's also done by Genova Labs of a functional test. A hair analysis for minerals and trace minerals is a real functional test. So you get it, then you get the tests that tell you what your gene errors are. And this way the doctor can look back and forth. He can say, well, genetically you're predisposed to this, but it's not, but we know you're predisposed to it, so we can do things now to try to counterbalance that. There is a confusion people have when it comes to genetic tests that I run into. The person will be on a list of supplements longer than my arm, and it's because their genetic test said they needed all these things. What they don't understand is that a genetic test doesn't tell you what's happening now. It only tells you what could happen. 
when someone understands genetics and they understand telemeters and they understand how everything works, they're going to, they find out that when you do an genetic test, the genetic test doesn't say you have these problems now. It says it's, let's say your susceptibility to having these problems are because you're genetically, your genes are programmed to have them. But that doesn't mean it's happening now. It still does. So you have to have two angles. You have to have the functional test, which tells you where you are now, and then the genetic test that tells you where you could go. And that's what the doctor of the future will do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had my genes done, and it's really helpful because it's like a blueprint, right? So it it says like, this could happen. You're more susceptible to this. You're more prone to this. But it doesn't mean it will happen, and it doesn't mean it won't happen. So it's just like one of those things where it's good to know and it's good to refer to. And when you do a gene test, you never have to do it again because your genes do not change. So you have it and you kind of have it for life. So when I did it, I did the full, like I used a local Canadian company here and I did the full spectrum and it was wonderful. I've also had the hair analysis done. And what's interesting with that is the criticism that I've heard about the hair analysis test is that when you take it, it's like the hair that's grown out was from the last like two or three months. So it might actually not represent what's going on in your body at the current time. What's more true is that you have to repeat the test every four months or so. But that is true. It may not be exact what's happening at that exact moment, but it's way close enough. It's way close enough to be functional. But when you do the hair test, you do have to repeat it every three or four months so that you can see the changes. And so you can adjust for that because the test is going to show you what's changing or what's not changing. And either way is really important. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, it definitely is important. I've heard about the hair test, which are that the test doesn't agree with blood. And there was one person telling me the reason doctors are, are, quote, getting away from the hair test, which is nonsense because these labs are busier than ever, is because they were saying it doesn't agree with a blood test. Well, That's stupid because it's not the same thing. Anybody who's looking for a hair test to agree with a blood test is an idiot. They don't understand you're dealing with two different things. Hair represents storage in your tissues. Blood represents transportation. It's not the same. They're not going to agree and they shouldn't agree. My next partner I want to talk about is Athletic Greens. So I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single day. And I first gave AG1 a try when I was traveling to Costa Rica. I really wanted something to support my gut health, boost my energy, keep my immune system in check, and really just support me while I was traveling and not home. I quickly fell in love with it. And now that I'm back in Canada, I still take it every single day. And I take it in the morning before I have any type of coffee. Typically, it's like the first thing I have in the morning. And it makes me feel just fantastic. I feel like I'm starting my day off on the right foot. I feel like I'm covering all of my nutrition needs right from the get-go, which is super important and such a healthier way to start than just having coffee on an empty stomach right away. So I just, I'm just obsessed with taking it. And if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free, wow, one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So those are the same travel packs that I took when I was flying. Go to athleticgreens.com slash biohacking with Brittany. 
That's athleticgreens.com slash biohacking with Brittany to check it out today. It's also linked in my show notes and on my website everywhere. Yeah, no, that's really good to know. I get my blood tested a lot and I don't get my hair tested a lot, but this is making me want to retest it because I think, like you said, like there's a difference between your results there. Yeah. Who knows how to interpret the test? And that's some usually the people who know how to interpret the test the best are the ones who use trace element sync. Trace element trace element sync has the best interpretation of any lab by far. Dr. David L. Watts, who's the owner and the head of research, is probably the world's the world's expert, greatest expert on minerals and trace minerals. And he's the he does the interpretation on the test. So that is the place to go. That's where you'll get the correct data. Okay. And are they available in Canada or is that only in the States? You know, I don't know 100%. Okay. You'd have to, that, you'd, I know they're available overseas. So if they're available overseas, I don't know why they wouldn't be available. In Canada. Is it an at-home test? Yeah, you would cut the hair at home. They give you a little kit. There's a cardboard scale that you kind of put together to weigh the hair because you have to have 0.4 grams, which is about two tablespoons. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. I That's really cool. Like the last time I did this, it was with a naturopath like in the clinic. So I'm happy to hear that it's at home and it's just more accessible to people now. Most everything is now at home. So you can do just about anything. Yeah, exactly. For people, especially for women, like I said, a lot of my audience is women and they are either trying to get pregnant or they're in their preconception you know, detox era right now. What do you recommend they do? Do you recommend that they start with a hair mineral analysis test or maybe a candida test? Like, is there anything that you think would be pivotal that they should do before getting pregnant? Well, if a woman knows she has candida, she doesn't want to get pregnant because the one of the one of the most horrible things you've ever seen is a child who's born with candida from the mother. They're born with eczema, asthma, allergies of all kinds. They're that kid in the school who was always too sickly to, to participate in gym. It's just terrible. A kid's born with candida. It's, it's a long road. And I can tell you, I've treated enough of them. It's a long road. So you don't want that. You want to you get rid of your candida before you become pregnant for sure. And if you have candida, that's more than the average person. Is it for sure that you would pass that on to your kid if you're pregnant? Like, is, does yes, that always absolutely. happen? Okay. absolutely. Always happens. Can't. Because of the proximity of, of where the candida grows and the birth canal, children almost always pick up large amounts of candida as they go through the birth canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I figured it would be through the birth canal, but I was also just thinking like even if you do a C-section, but... C-section is, believe it or not, the way you can avoid that problem, but that's not... People obviously don't want to do that. You want to have a natural birth, but if you do and you have candida, it's no good. But if a person isn't, isn't conceiving... One of the first things they want to do is check and see if they have candida. They want to take their body temperatures. And if their body temperature is consistently below 97.8, they want to strongly consider that they have a low thyroid problem, a thyroid problem that's undiagnosed. And if the listeners are interested, we just released a new thyroid program that's based on the work of Dr. Bruce Rend, Weston Childs, and also David L. Watts from Trace Elements. We have three areas of major missing information on thyroid that are covered by this program. And if your listeners want, they can email me and we will we can email them the article. Yeah, I would love to read that. So for that body temperature, you said 97.8, right? Below set, yeah, below 97.8, the person has a functional thyroid. But what about during the menstrual cycle when the first half of your cycle is lower before you ovulate? 
Well, what per- person wants to get an average for the month of their temperatures. Okay. Yeah. I just, cause that's, that's what it yeah, I take my temperature every morning. So I know it very well, but I've never calculated the average over 30 days. So that would be. Yeah. You want to do it actually three times, three times a day. And your temperature is going to change. It's going to be lowest in the morning and it's going to be ten- tends to be higher as the day goes on. It's just like your pH. That's a very confusing thing for people. Your pH is the most acid in the morning because your body's excreting acid wastes. And then as the day goes on and the more you urinate, the more alkaline your pH becomes, and that's normal. And that there's an inverse that's true with your body temperature. As the day goes on, your temperature tends to get higher because you're outside in the sun, you're moving around, so you're raising your temperature. That's why, the, like in, in a sense, the, the temperature, the first thing in the morning before you even get out of bed is very reflective of your metabolism at an idle, but it's still useful to see your temperatures at other times of the day because it shows how your body's responding to your thyroid hormone. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at that further because yeah, like I said, I, I track my temperature to simply just track my menstrual cycle because it shows when you ovulate and when your period's coming. So yeah, that that's really, really interesting, especially thinking about like fertility and everything like that. And <clears throat> I'm sure, you know, like so many women and couples in general are really struggling with infertility these days which has increased in the last 20 years. So It used to be simple. 20 years ago, I had patients who would who had these T-shirts who were saying, Dr. Biamonte got me pregnant. It was very funny. <laughs> but the point was then people with candida wouldn't conceive. People who were copper toxic wouldn't conceive. What the problem was was pretty easy to find. Nowadays, the more polluted our environment gets, the more xenobiotics we have in the environment, there are so many xenobiotics that are estrogen imitators that they act like a constant birth control in people. So the law, the best rule you can pass on to the people is be really careful with what personal care items you use, that they don't have a lot of xenobiotics and and phytoestrogens which get in your body and trick your body into thinking your estrogen's higher than it is because that acts like a, a natural birth control. Try to eat or everything organic. Stay away from GMO foods because GMO foods are absolute poison. That's why they're banned throughout Europe. You can get GMO foods here in the United States. You can't get GMO foods in most places in Europe because they've been banned. And GMO foods are one of the things that mess up your, your DNA. Unfortunately, I'm going to say this may not be politically correct enough, but the COVID vaccine is another major reason why somebody wouldn't conceive because the COVID vaccine creates absolute bedlam in your body. And some people, depending on their genes, it's going to hit them faster and harder than others. But I can tell you since COVID and since mass vaccinations, my practice has doubled. And the people who've had vaccines and come to us with all these side effects. So the vaccine is another reason why somebody who has been vaccinated has to go through a detox program to detoxify from the vaccine. And I have several different versions of it that I've developed with the help of some other doctors, where we can detox the spike protein. It's supposed to leave your body within six months. Now, since there are blood tests available to test for the spike protein, we find people that have it ever since two, three years. It's still not out of their body. Wow. Wow. I am super curious to doing that because unfortunately I got vaccinated and don't want to talk about it, (laughs) but I have been talking to another friend of mine who actually has a detox program as well. That is, she's been helping women who have been vaccinated here in Canada and it's really interesting, but I'm super curious what yours says and what yours recommends because 
detoxing the vaccine is number one, first make sure that any DNA from the virus itself is out of your body. You want So you want to use things that are going to destroy the virus and destroy the virus DNA. The second thing, what destroys the spike protein are enzymes. Bromelain has been found to destroy it. Serapepsidase has been found, chymotrypsin. There's a whole list of enzymes which can destroy the spike protein. And when you combine them with quercetin, they work much better. Also, the trace mineral germanium helps to destroy the spike protein. So to make a long story short, if someone's doing a vaccine detox and the detox they're doing doesn't encompass those substances, they're not going to really get the whole thing. Okay. And you have like an online program that lists all of this? No, we don't because it's different for everybody. For everybody, it has to be modified a little bit differently. So we have to do labs on the person and talk to them, get their history, get their symptoms in order to come up with the program that's right for them. Right. So it's like a one-on-one program essentially working. And if, if, you're, if your listeners want, want to read a book that will absolutely blow their minds, you won't get past the second page of this book and you're going to be, you're, you're going to be reeling. The, book, the name of the book is called The Real Anthony Fauci. And it's written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And what is this book about? It's about Anthony Fauci and what he really did and what he's really up to. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has his emails and he publishes them in the book. He explains the relationship between Fauci and Bill Gates and how they're basically both really interesting characters. Okay. I am going to look into that because I was super curious about reading that. And I know my listeners will be as well. And I will link to your website. Is that where we would find your program if people want to do some sort of vaccination detox? Yeah, well, that's how they find us. And you can find us. Our website is health-truth.com. Our other website is the New York City Candida Doctor. And the third website that we have is the New York City Thyroid Doctor. Why we have a thyroid website is because thyroid problems and candida are so intimately linked. And there is just so much false data. People go to their doctor, they get a blood test, their blood levels are normal for thyroid, so they automatically assume their thyroid's fine. And that's only looking at one-tenth of what's happening with your thyroid. The level of hormones in your blood from thyroid only tell you that your thyroid gland is making the right amount of hormones. That's maybe 20% of the story. The other 80% is how well are the hormone receptors for thyroid accepting that hormone, and are they metabolizing the hormone? For those of you who, who remember some of their biochemistry from high school, your thyroid hormone enters the electron transport chain, and then through the electron transport chain, it goes to the Krebs cycle to actually ignite in your mitochondria your food substances into heat and energy. That's why your body temperature is actually your best reflection for how your thyroid is working, because if you're not making heat and energy, your thyroid hormone is not being utilized correctly. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I will link all of that in the show notes and on my website so people can find you. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This has been so informative and I'm so excited to kind of dive in further to some of these topics that you have talked about. Best thing to do is get my book, The Candida Chronicles, because it it goes through so much more in detail that I could do in three hours on your show. So you'll you'll learn everything that you need to know right there. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to get that one and I'm going to get the other one that you mentioned as well, because I'm always curious about these types of things. There's a very good book that's written by Dr. Joseph Mercola. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yep. Dr. Mercola, a good friend of mine, wrote a book that's called The Truth About COVID-19 and the economic recess and the lockdowns and whatnot. And he 
uh, he, he names names. So that's uh, also a very good book. Yes. Yeah. I've actually seen him speak before and he's great. And I, yeah, I've followed him for a long time. So I have, I think I have his other EMF book. Yeah. EMF, yes. which is also very interesting. Any man, in my opinion, who is willing to pay millions of dollars a year in legal fees to be able to speak and get the truth out to people is worth something in my book. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And I will put all of this in the show notes for everybody listening. Great, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.